You know a lot about golf. Not only do you no longer have to wait for those weekend golf guys to arrive because we are here, we are here, but it's also another major U.S. Open weekend. It is Father's Day. I mean, all the good stuff just kind of piles on us all at once. Well, it's not Father's Day. It's Father's Day weekend. Father's Day weekend is a good thing. And, you know, if people are now starting to celebrate birthday weeks, I think Father's Day weekend should be a celebration in and of itself. We are those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Otter Creek, the Plain and Simple Golf School up in Columbus. And it's it's a big weekend, man. Big That's weekend. That's right. It's, uh, it's our national championship in golf. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open weekend. You know, everybody loves it. Everybody's excited about it. Yeah, we tried to get you a know. hold of Jay Blasey again, who, of course, was uh, our guest about uh, two months ago. And is the architect of Chambers Bay, where they're holding the yeah. U.S. Open this weekend. And uh, boy, is he excited this week! He's very excited, but I think right now he may be hiding because because <laughs> I think he may be a little too close. You know how when we were at French Lick for the seniors a, a couple yeah. weeks ago, and they were like, "Stupid!" Well, Pete Dye was there when we were there. He was hanging out. Yeah, but Pete Dye is one of those guys. He's kind of old and frail, so you don't want to get nasty with him. But Jay Blasey's yeah. like you know vibrant thirty-something year old guy. Yeah. You know yeah. he. You, I don't, I don't think you know guys would think too much of just walking up and punching him in the face or something. You know, well, <laughs> what the to, heck to you do, my clear, game? Boom. <laughs> to be clear, um, you know everybody knows that this is a, a Robert Trent Jones uh, design, but Jay Blasey works for Robert Trent Jones, and Jay Blasey was the architect of this golf course. Right. Even though Robert Trent Jones gets the overall um, credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay Blasey works for the guy. Exactly, well, and, and this is so, like basically the the first true, as Jay was telling us a few weeks ago, the or months ago, the the first true links course. I mean, it's it's designed. It, it would it would not be an anomaly if it were in Scotland somewhere. No, it would not. Um, you know what's interesting is I was talking to Tyler Duncan, as you know, who who uh, qualified, who yes, who got to play. Yeah, you know what a great thing for the for the young kid from uh, Columbus, Indiana. Um, you know, I've I've lo- known him for an awful long time, and boy, it's been an exciting time for him. It really has. But it started. You know, he got there uh, to Chambers Bay, and he got in touch with Jay Blasey, and uh, Jay took him around the golf course to teach him where to go and why. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's something because he he called me uh, that night, and I talked to him, and he went on and on and on about how many greens that you cannot hit it at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like six greens that depends on where they put the pin. If it's where Jay was saying, if they put the pin here, don't even hit it at the green because you won't hold it. And coming in from this angle, you won't stay there. Yeah. You get he Tyler was telling me that in, in just his practice rounds, when he was playing with Jordan Spieth in his practice rounds, he was telling me about the crazy bounces that would put it onto the green from off the green. There were two holes where he aimed it 20 yards off the green and the ball rolled right onto the green. And he just <laughs> said, I never would have played it that way. Yeah, it's little... And you're right. It's, it's a lot like a true Lynx. Yeah. Um, last year when I was playing uh, in, in Scotland at, at the Royal Dornock, on the 17th hole, uh, if the pin's up front, you aim it left of the green by about 20 yards and you hit it up there. And the ball takes a couple bounces, and then it rolls down this slope, and it winds up right on the front of the green for a birdie putt. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, they even it's had crazy. some, um, the, from what I remember from our conversation with Jay, is there used to be, uh, it's on the side of an old mine. 
and they still have some of the um, architectural features left over from the mine, again, to emulate the, the mm-hmm. Scottish Lynx courses where you have the, the ruined castle turrets and things like that just sticking up for no apparent reason. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to, yeah. to have that. And there's a lot of complaining about the golf course, as you know. Of course. You know, it's too dry, it's too this, it's too that. It, you know, it's the same thing every year. Everybody's got to play it. I think earlier in the week we heard something like, well, there's got to be a, somebody's got to win the darn thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a quote from, from Tiger Woods that said, it's like every, every hole is uphill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. Well, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to Tyler. And he said that when Jay took him out there and he started to play, there's a, a 245-yard par 3 that if you had to play a certain tee box, it's 37 yards downhill. Uh-huh. Or if you played an, a different tee box, it's three yards uphill. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, it's wild. It's Wow. <laughs> it's really wild. And I would imagine that during the course of the four days, they will probably play from both. Just I imagine to confuse that they'll, they'll hit every tee box, I'm sure. Yeah. So we've already seen an awful lot of entertainment in the open, yeah. and uh, you know darn well that you know here we are on the weekend, and think crazier things are going to happen. So get your DVR out and make sure you see it yeah. while you're going to visit your dad. And I, and I also think one of the things we should do, since it's their first ever real foray into it, and they've been practicing for a while now, is um, maybe we should have a little discussion on our Facebook page, facebook.com/golfguys, uh, or maybe on our Twitter page at WKND Golf Guys. How do you think Fox did? Yeah, you know, because this is their first um, their first foray again. They have a multi year commitment with the USGA to uh, to broadcast all of the USGA um, tournaments. So uh, nice to see Holly Hunter back into the fray again, though. I've, oh, yeah, I've missed Holly her. Saunders. Is, yeah, Holly Saunders. I say Holly yeah, Hunter. Holly She's Saunders. an actress, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, okay. but you know what? They've got three uh, three really good people that I know uh, that are on that broadcast that I like. Um, you know, Holly Saunders is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Greg Norman, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. You know, to, to talk about it from a player's perspective and, yeah. and to, to tell some real truth. Yeah. And then yet a guy on the, that they've got roaming around on the golf course um, is, a, is a golf magazine top 100 and a te- uh, teacher friend of mine, E.A. Tischler. When you're, I was you're teaching right there in Cleveland. Uh, at at Olympia Chicago. Fields. Chicago. Right, in yeah. Chicago. E.A. Tischler is, uh, is, is employed there at, uh, at Olympia Fields. And I uh, was up there with him and Mike Adams a few weeks back. And uh, it's pretty, pretty exciting to see him also get a little TV gig where he's walking the golf course and yeah. talking to people. That's a, that's a real neat thing. Yeah, and, and, you know, um, I love him like a brother during NFL season, man. But uh, Joe Buck should stick to football and baseball. I think I'm just, so. I'm just saying. I'm I think so. Saying. I think he's, I, I don't want to say he's overexposed, but he's just not a voice of golf. Yeah, he's, it just doesn't resonate with me. No, you know, as Joe Buck, no, in and golf, but no, you know, in 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 the people who broadcast other sports who also broadcast golf, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's a handful of guys out there who really do transition well. You know who I uh, love, Mike Tirico, I think is fantastic. Tirico, yeah. I mean, I think I think Mike Tirico is even better than Jim Nance. Yeah, right? he's when really it comes good. to the the ability to change sports and still sound like an expert. And um, and just do a great job with whatever sport he does. I really like Mike Tirico, who is uh, yeah, he's, ABC, he's right? I, yeah, I think he's so. The ABC, yeah, ABC ESPN. And, and ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I like. But it. Uh, you know, it, it's a great week. 
It's Father's Day weekend. You know, mm-hmm. everybody make sure that they DVR the U.S. Open or, or maybe just hang out with your pop and, and yeah. um, go watch it yourself. Or take, you know, just take pop out to play golf or at least, you know, don't, don't say, well, listen, I only have uh, uh, 2 o'clock, uh, an hour between 2 and 3 this afternoon, Dad, so I'm going to have to take you out to dinner then. Uh, no, it's, it's his schedule. It's Father's Day. So, yeah. uh, you know, get him a gift card. If you're going to take him out to dinner and you can't make it while he's out playing golf, let him go play golf. That's yep. what you need to do. Let him do what he wants to do. It's his day. All right? You, you know listening, what? kids? Oh, I'm sorry. I get to do what I get to do, too. <laughs> um, what I want to do, too. I'm going to have dinner with my pop. Oh, great, And man. I'm also going to have dinner with my son. Fantastic. And that, that's going to be a great thing. So my son's yeah. playing in a golf tournament. Uh, tomorrow on Sunday, yeah. on Father's Day. That's great, man. And uh, and my pop is going to come watch. Well, fantastic. And we're all going to go out to dinner afterwards. The three generations. Yeah, it'd be that pretty cool. great. Absolutely phenomenal. That is fantastic. Yep. Well, listen, we are glad you are here today with us uh, getting ready for Father's Day or the U.S. Open or, or whatever it is that you've got planned for this weekend. Uh, what we have planned for the next few moments together here is, A, we're going to be talking about what rules would you change if they put you in charge of the USGA. I we, want to be in charge of that thing so badly. Each of us have a couple that we would like to see gone forever. Uh, some, oh, and I've got to point out that uh, intrepid producer Mark Hunter was with us in a group playing golf last Sunday after our local show. We all were all having sand trap problems and I was going to ask you for some training aids on getting out of sand traps, but Mark yeah. wants to make sure that he does not need it. He was in three, got out of three successfully, and hit the pin after one shot. Okay, well, Mark, congratulations to you. You don't need to hear whatever I have to say. <laughs> so maybe your replacement will be able to listen and, and learn from, from that whole thing. But we also have a, 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 a world-renowned, best-selling author, a business golf expert. His name is Alan Bonk, and he's going to be coming along a little bit later in the show, too. So we got a whole lot of good stuff. Facebook.com slash golfguys, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, or Twitter at WKNDGolfguys. Listen along, follow along, stick with us, because we will be right back. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 of pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-554-4183 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-554-4183 to take your call now. Call 800-554-4183. That's 800-554-4183. Again, 800-554-4183. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. 
But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-616-4030. That's 1-800-616-4030. Again, 1-800-616-4030. Call now. Well, here we are, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith from the Golf Cave at Otter Creek. The Plain and Simple Golf School in Columbus, Indiana. Jeff, we were out playing golf last week. First off, it was hot. Man, careful out there, folk. Welcome to summer. It's good for excuse making, though. (laughs) It is. Can't hang on to your club. Yeah, well, I get tired. The the heat's really draining me, man. I'm tired. That's why that that drive only went 13 yards. But just drink (laughs) a lot of water. 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 Yeah. Drink water. And keep, and keep your neck cool. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, soaking wet towels. Yeah. You know, you put those put those things in some ice water and wring it out and wrap that thing around your neck, yep. you know, and, and put it on your wrists, uh, yeah. the inside of your wrists. Yeah. Really does a great job. Back of the neck and put it on your wrists. It's yeah, a great the, thing. The large arteries that supply the blood to your heart, uh, you need to cool that blood down or you're going to have a problem. But that is not what we came to talk about today. What we came to talk about today is if you're a Facebook guy, you know, you've seen these things, stay calm and whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the stay calm pot part. Excuse me. I, I reverted to my little New England accent there for a minute. It is the stay <laughs> the pot, calm the pot, pot that you need to worry about. You know, you're fine when you're in the cat, but what do you do when you get out on the course? Uh, there's just a whole raft of things that that conflict with guys in their head you know, like you hit a tee shot and, and you think it went into the rough or you think it went into the sand. Most of us approach that from a negative standpoint of, oh, my God, I'm not sure, quite sure how to get out of that, rather than saying, yeah. I got this shot. You're right. They do. They, they go at it and go, man, I got nothing here. And instead of thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And the guys get rattled. You know, they, they just get a little nervous. They get, they get a little bit anxious, I suppose. You know, nobody's happy to be in that situation. You know, you can imagine yourself down in the ravine, um, you know, with trees in front of you, trying to hack it out of there. Because all the time, you know, one of the monkeys that you're playing with, he's already seen your ball in there, and he wants to watch you go flail at this thing so he can make jokes all day long. <laughs> That's the real reason he's watching you. Not, uh, not ostensibly to make sure that you didn't fall down and slip and fall and hurt yourself on the rocks. He's really watching you because he wants to see that you're not using the foot wedge. And to make sure that he can ridicule. Yeah. So that I think that's one of the things that makes the average guy nervous and stuff like, you know, in situations like that. Because nobody really wants the ridicule. You know, there's, there's something that you could do instead of being nervous about that situation. You know what I would do at that point is, is I would, if I was the average guy to walk in there into that lousy situation and instead of being anxious about it. Imagine you're, you're playing in an alternate shot event and you had to go in and hit that shot, but you're not the guy who hit it in. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, your anxiety's gone. You're not nervous anymore. Because you're no because longer you're blaming yourself. You're blaming somebody else. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I have this invisible partner 
Uh-huh. His name is John. <laughs> oh, <And> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and and when there's a shot that goes awry, I get to say, "Dang it, John! What are you doing, smacking into the junk again? You did it again, can't, man! Can't you play? Get it together. <laughs> Let me tell you about my partner next round. Okay, I got you. I got you." But, you know, I think that's part of it, is that there's this little self-conscious part that, um, that uh, out of all of us, nobody wants to hit a bad shot, mm-hmm. especially in front of other people. If they're out playing by themselves and it hits bad, you're just a little bit irritated and go, ah, oh, dang it, my ball's stuck over there. And, but when there's other people around, they really kind of get bothered yeah. because they know they don't want to be bad in front of somebody else. I think what you got to do is get rid of that. To get nervous, uh, to get rid of the nervous and the anxiety, you got to get rid of the thought that you care what other people think. And easier said than do done, well. my friend. Easier yeah, right. said than done. It is, but at some point you've got to. Everybody's got to have a, a trigger on how they can just forget about what other people think and just say, "Look, I'm just out here playing for me." And yeah. you know, when I get back to my cart, you know, I don't really care too much about that golf shot. It makes people less nervous. Uh, and they actually play better golf because they're not full of anxiety. Because the average guy, he's he's not very confident. He you know he gets he gets angry real quickly. Yeah. Um, you know because he's kind of playing a little bit anxiously, a little bit nervously, because um, he's trying to impress others at the same time of play his best golf. You know I think we got enough pressure on ourselves just for ourselves just to play as good as we want to play. And it's it's a self perpetuating problem because you get nervous, you get tight, you get tight, you you grip the club tighter. Your body is tighter, and you're going to swing poorly. Yeah, I think that's about right. So you know, I think that part of the other thing is is some unrealistic expectations of people. For example, John, you go out, and on any given day, you have a a, a real scoring range of about 15 shots mm-hmm. that you can expect in a normal day, mm-hmm. which is really difficult for a lot of people to accept because they think that they are want to be consistent, meaning that. John, any day you go out, you have the capability of going out and shooting 77 or uh, 90. Mm-hmm. About any time you go out. You got that right. So one, what happens, though, you know, as much golf as you get to play, you get to play like 17 times a week. <laughs> and so you'll go from one round to the next, and you'll have a good day. And the very next day you'll go out, and you won't have as good a day. And you'll, in your head, your good round will be your normal. That's how I normally play. Yeah, yeah. But then the round that's not so good and it's 10 shots higher, you'll think, God, I'm terrible. This is an I was aberration. Awful today. How did I lose it? <laughs> that's right. And that happens to all of us on a regular basis. I mean, we yeah, can no kidding. play on Sunday, play well, play on Tuesday, and just not have whatever it was we had on Sunday. And if we just knew what it was that we had on Sunday, maybe we could keep it. But that's one of the things that gets us nervous is you hit the first team, you have no idea how well you're going to play on that particular day, whether you're going to have have the straight long drive or if you're going to have the the crisp chips or if you're going to have the putter working and and it just gets so confusing but it's just one of the many reasons that keeps us coming out because hey if we knew we we're going to be the same every day how boring would this game be right hey we're going to put you in charge of the usga for a day you're going to see what kind of rules you would like to eliminate should you be the one with that power uh, and we'll uh, we'll do that next after a quick break right here with those weekend golf guys powered by golf talk america don't you move Jeff, I was out Monday with uh, Joseph, my 10-year-old, and, uh, and we, we both were having the same problem, man. Just 
missing. I mean, trying to read the green and the ball breaks, you get the line and it stops two inches before you get to the cup. Missed it by uh, that much. Or or it scoots by on the left or the right by a hair. And, and yeah, the, on, the hard thing there is getting getting your stroke to go where you're aimed. People, they do some hand twisting, you know, their arms move around, yeah. but not the people that come see me in my clinics. We start the putting with the putting stroke teacher. We get them on there. Their forearms are nice and level. The putting stroke teacher fits right on their putter, and next thing you know, they're draining putts, and they're looking at this going, this is the easiest thing I've ever seen. Nice. I tried yeah. it and it worked. Well, if it, it works for her, that's right. It's going to work for anybody. Six straight putts in a row. As as I say, I got to get me one of these. That's right. What is it? The Putting Stroke Teacher. T T P S Teacher. T P S Teacher. Dot com. Yeah. T P S Teacher. Dot com. Got to get one of those things, man. They're easy. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We can never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because Because of of you. you. There is St. Jude. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 of pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-554-4183 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-554-4183 to take your call now. Call 800-554-4183. That's 800-554-4183. Again, 800-554-4183. Those weekend golf guys, John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave on a Creek for playing in Simple Golf School. And, and Jeff, uh, again, out last Sunday after we did our local show here, very nice course, a little bit south of town. Um, found myself, like I do a lot when I play with you, because whenever we go up to Otter Creek, man, that, that is the most sand trap heavenest course I've ever been in. <laughs> and I found myself, especially on the par threes, man, I was in... Um, an awful lot of par, you know, par three sand traps. And they were very, very confusing. It was like, not confusing, but frustrating. Like a, you know, a seven iron that was headed right to the flag and then landed just a little shy and rolled back down the hill into the sand trap. Oh, missed it by that much. That much. That kind of thing. A lot of the guys in the group were doing the same thing, like sculling shots, um, taking three or four times to get out of the sand because on a lot of the courses we play at, the sand is not 
consistent in its makeup. And I get real excited when I get to a course that's got that light, fluffy white sand because then at least you know you're going to be able to get out without any problems getting out or of your creation. Not Everybody in the group's doing that? You know what I do? What? Change groups. <laughs> get some new guys to yes. play with. Yeah, I guess that. some people who actually know how to get out of those sand traps, would you please? But no, I that's mean, right. that's, that's probably the... I mean, that's, that's one of the demarcation lines between a very good golfer and an and amateur golfer. Is very good golfers don't have a problem getting out of sand traps. Amateur golfers are scared to death to try. Well, I think some of that goes back to the, the lousy, stinking instruction that's constantly out there for people in how they think they ought to play a bunker shot. Yeah, you get, I mean, you, you watch the Golf Channel, you read the magazines, you get so much conflicting information. I mean, I, I saw Colin Montgomery give a, a tip on getting out of a sand trap, and he said something about hit, hit the ground about three inches behind the bomb. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. No. no My no, club would be back right. up in the air after a three-inch. But see, he's, he's talking about a couple different things. How do you know where the ball is? Yeah. You know, I, I would tell you that, that that's very close to being true, but where is the ball and where is the three inches behind? I guess the operative consideration is if there's any generic answer, where yeah. should the ball be in you, your stance when you're trying to get out of the I would tell you the first trip. thing I do when I walk in, to give, to give a, like a, a quickie little bunker thing here, mm-hmm. is to say, look, how firm's the sand? You know, generally speaking, it's, it's about the same throughout the whole bunker. So pretty much if it's, if it's firmish under your foot, it's probably going to be firmish about a foot and a half away from that, which is under your ball. Mm-hmm. All right? I would look at it and go, okay, Let's say it's semi-firm sand, like it's not just the fluffiest stuff in the world. Right. So if it's not, that, uh, that old crappy advice that people give you about taking your club face and flipping it open, mm-hmm. what that does is that it raises the leading edge. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Which, which the leading edge goes up when the face goes up? Yeah, yeah it sure does. Uh-huh. And then people don't put the ball forward enough in their stance so then they're coming down at the golf ball with a leading edge up no wonder people are sculling the snot out of half the shots they hit yeah yeah, yeah. so how about this you go in with the club face mostly square as uh-huh. in level to the you know the bottom of the club level to the surface right. kind of like you do what if it's on off the ground and then you point yourself more at the target instead of you know opening up way way to the left of your target mhm uh-huh. And then you strike the, the sand, the very first place where the sand actually touch or the club actually touches the sand is at the center line of your body. And then it takes away a divot of sand about three, four inches left of that spot. And then you'll notice that if you practice that just once, if you walked into a sand bunker and did that where the club actually landed right absolutely in the center line of your body, you know, in between your feet, and that the divot was left, you'd instantly see that the lowest part of that golf swing would be the biggest part of the splash of the of the bunker. And if you put the ball right there, you'll find out it's about two to three inches in front of that spot. Mm-hmm. A standard good ball position would be about three inches left of center. Okay. And you enter the sand at center, as opposed to what a lot of people do is they'll turn their body way to the left, open their club face up, and they put their ball in the center, and then they try to hit behind it. What a terrible idea! way to go about that. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Because what if people don't hit three inches behind their golf ball? Yeah. Then it skips off the, the sand with the leading edge up and skulls the ball. Yeah. And, and then if and they do can... hit it three inches behind it, then they're at such a place in their golf swing, which is too close to their right foot, the club's going down too steeply, and then it doesn't travel and face the club much forward, so they kind of fluff it. 
right. and it just doesn't go anywhere forward because the swing's not really moving down and forward at that point. It's more more moving down. So yeah. any any a, any training a great thing aids? I would use in the bunker for training. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, good. We're thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what I would use to train people in the bunker: get out your golf towel and, and do what with it. <laughs> I mean, wave it and surrender, yeah, wait, right. or Lay what? It on the sand. <laughs> cover cover up the sand behind you, the center line of your body, so that you wouldn't strike the towel. Where you'd oh, expose the center line okay. of your thing, and and every club you would hit would have to hit the sand in front of that towel. So give yourself, you know, about an inch or so off the right side of your sternum, uh-huh. and then lay the lay the the towel down there so that you expose the sand to the, at your sternum, and then everything left, and then just start to swing, and miss the towel every time. Oh, that's a good Next idea. Next thing man. you know, you're striking the right spot on the sand. Yeah, what a great training aid. You already have it. Yeah, it's and the so other sick. thing is, is again, it's all it's all mental. But the other thing is, is convincing yourself that even though you're just this close to the flag or to the green, you still have to swing full. Yeah, continuously. Yeah, the ball doesn't know it on how far you you went through, but the truth is, is you need to go through fuller because you don't want to be slowing it down. You want a consistent thumping of the sand that takes away sand and then that big white grain of sand that goes with it. And then you want that one big round white one to fly out of there just like all the rest of them. Yeah, without killing any of your uh, playing partners that are standing on the green waiting for you to join them up there. Right. So as far as training training aids go, a towel's a really good one. Yeah. We can use a towel for different things, you know. I have a, I'll tell people to roll up their towel and put it outside their, like off their right shoulder on the ground about where the right foot is. Uh-huh. And then I'll have them hit chip shots that their club has to come in and miss the towel so that they're coming down and forward. So if, if they got a little rolled up towel back there and their ball's in the middle of their stance, they can hit really good chip shots because they'll come down over the towel and move it forward and then they'll drive the club underneath the ball and hit great chip shots. And okay. then to hit pitch shots, I'll put the towel on the, like on the ground just adjacent to their left shoulder and have the ball right in the middle and then they'll just hit pitch shots that the ball just flies up right up over it next thing you know you're hitting good chips and good pitches because you're avoiding one on the way down and popping the ball up off the other one on the way forward it's really a good a good tool i have to remember that maybe we should do a video of that because uh you know some some people need to visualize that well work on that okay and we'll get it i've even i've even used the towel for an alignment aid because they're they're rectangular, and so if you laid it down in the you know with the long part mm-hmm. aiming in the direction of your target, and then you'd have your ball on one side of the towel and your body on the other side, you will fix your alignment. It's really easy. Just try to imagine that thing on the ground between your golf ball and your feet, and then it's traveling in a certain direction. When you just lay it down on the ground, it's a big visual of where the heck you're pointed. It's an amazing thing. Sounds good to me too. All right, man. Yeah. All right, that's yeah, there. You go. That's, there's a training aid that won't cost you one hundred and forty-seven fifty. That's right, because you're already carrying the thing on your back. You already got three or four of them in your pockets. Yeah, All right, right, listen. We've got a lot more coming up too. We're going to be talking. Um, well, it, it is U.S. Open weekend. We've got to we've got to pay homage to that and Father's Day. So, did you make your dad stay home, or did you let him go out and play golf today? It's his day. You should have let him make the choice. But we got a lot more coming up. We are those weekend golf guys, powered by Golf Talk America. We will be right back. Raising kids can be tough these days. As a parent, you've got your hands full, making sure your kids have what they need to stay healthy and get the care they need when they're sick. Well, now there's help. 
Medicaid and the Children's Health Insurance Program offer free or low-cost health insurance for kids and teens, all the way up to age 19. They can get regular checkups, immunizations, doctor and dentist visits, hospital care, mental health services, prescriptions, and more. Children in a family of four earning up to $47,700 a year or more may qualify, and parents may be eligible for Medicaid, too. It's a helping hand for parents with their hands full. For more information, go online to insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. That's 1-877-543-7669. Enrollment is open year-round, but why wait? A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now there's a martini that improves your driving. The new martini golf tee actually gives you longer, straighter drives compared to old-fashioned wood tees. It's virtually unbreakable, made in the USA, and conforms with USGA rules. Get yours today at martinigolftees.com. So improve your driving with a martini, the Martini Golf Tee. Visit martinigolftees.com. And welcome back to those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith playing in Simple Golf School at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek. And um, you, you're a rules official, man, so you know all of the rules 100% in and out. Well, come on. Let's not go to 100% because there's always stuff. Well, like, you, it's you, complex. Do you carry the book with you? I do have one in my golf bag, as I recommend for a lot of people to have one in the golf bag. I, actually, I think I actually recommend that they actually open it. There's actually words on the inside of that cover. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how much your score increases when you read that rule book? Because you go, wait a minute, I've never, I've never counted that before. I'm not going to start counting it now. But now I feel guilty about it. Come Ignorance on, is bliss, a rule Jeff. Out there that actually helps people lower their score. There is not a rule that helps lower your score. <laughs> yes, there is. How about the unplayable lie rule? It only takes you one penalty stroke uh-huh. to get out of the trouble that's about to make you have a 12 on your scorecard. Okay, you've hit it into the gunge. Just barely. And and the ball is sitting in a place where you know you really can't get a club on that thing. But yet, if you took the unplayable lie rule, you could say, guys, I'm going to take a drop here. And what you get is you get two club lengths no closer to the hole from where the ball sits. Or you could go as far back as you wanted, keeping that one point where the ball sits mm-hmm. in between you and the hole. And for a mere one-stroke penalty, kind of like you're taking it out of there with your wedge and hacking it out to the side, mm-hmm. you could take it out of there without having to hack and miss. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Okay. I was the rules official on the 17th hole a few years back uh, at the Big Ten Championships, and I witnessed such an event where this rule should have been invoked, and if so, my alma mater, Indiana University, would have won the national, the, the Big Ten Championship. However, it didn't happen that way. Mm. Final player in the group, uh, he smacks his ball into the I don't want to find it, so the I don't want to play it. Unfortunately, the Big Ten cameras are there. The cameras find where the golf ball is, and then the player and his coach go up, and they see where the ball is precariously lied, and it's about 10 feet into the I don't want to find it. I'm the rules official on site, so I go over there, and I said, fellas, do you want to know your rules under the, under uh, your options under the rules at this point? And they said, no, Jeff, thanks a lot. We've got it. So I back off and I watch them. The ball is now sitting, oh, six inches up in some very tall knee high fescue. So it's very easy to swing and miss 
it's also very easy to swing and have your club get tangled up in the high fescue. Mm -hmm. But yet he could have taken the unplayable lie right there and taken his driver out and moved it two club lengths, which would have put him in the normal rough where he would be laying two instead of laying one where he is. And then he could have got a club on it, knocked it on the green because he was only a nine iron away from the green and then had a chance for a par, uh, probably a bogey. But what happened was player and coach decide, hey, guess what? We're not going to do that. We are going to... Uh, go ahead and take a swipe at this, and then uh, the swipe happens with a sand wedge, and he goes under the ball. And now the ball drops down. It's now harder to get to. The unplayable lie rule could have saved that situation, but now he can't go. Now he could do it, but he doesn't take it. See what I'm getting at? So it's not his, a now or never thing. If if you you up not to well, take his, the unplayable his, lie the first time. You can yeah, take it the second time if you don't get out. Yeah. Okay. You know, and and also one of the options on on the that he could have chosen at that time instead of just unplayable lie, he could have also gone back to the tee. But he would have been hit number and, three and, at that time. Right. right? He'd been hit number three. Yeah. But nonetheless. Yeah. He could have taken it, and then he took another swipe at it and moved it further into the rough. So he's now swiped at it twice in there. So he's now laying three, in a much worse situation. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets, you know, and hose the thing out in his fourth shot and then not, knocks it on and, and make, when he walks off with a six. Yeah. So, so doubles at that than, point, at that point, uh, his team went from winning to then losing uh, the Big Ten Championship yeah. by a stroke. So, so, okay. There's a rule. The moral here is when Jeff Smith says, hey, would you like to know your options under the rules? Listen to him. You might want to listen to it. Yeah. When a rules official says that to you, you go, yeah, sure. Let me hear the, what my options are. In case you're ever playing in a tournament, that there are rules officials there and they say, hey, do you want to know what you can do? The answer would be, yeah, tell me what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell so me what to do, head. please. Well, they, we can't tell you what to do. But oddly enough, as I've been a rules official and mm-hmm. I have, without steering a player with my words, I might... <clears throat> change my tone a little bit about what their options could be. Yeah. Like, for example, well, John, you have hit it into this hazard again, so you could play it out of the hazard. <laughs> or you could take this drop over here and have this really easy shot because you're allowed to put it two club lengths out over here, and boy, look at what that puts you in. And I yeah. can't tell you what to do. Yeah. But just by the sound of my voice, you could either play it as it lies <laughs> Or you could take it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, Your man, choice. I got to ask you a question because we had an argument about this the last time we were playing. A guy we were playing with took a, a, a Sharpie and made a mark on his club like yeah. like to help him align during a shot. And I mean, that's cool for the practice team, but can you do that in a game? There's a rule that, that allows that. Really? Yeah. How about this? If you got a Sharpie and, and you want to put it in the center of the face or something like a dot, I actually recommend that for people to practice with. Uh-huh. It's so they can try, you know, what I tried to tell them to put it in the center of the face and then transfer the dot to the ball. Right. Oh, yeah, I got that. I can, you know. But so this guy was doing it on the golf course, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? We've got some information in the rules of, or the rules of the golf on the design of the club face. And, and it's under the heading of decorative markings. Okay. And it, and it goes like this. The center of the impact area can be indicated by a design within the boundary of a very small square. I think it's like this point three seven five inches you know like like point three seven five like it's a uh-huh. a very small thing but such a design like a dot cannot influ unduly influence the movement of the ball now nobody could tell me in any way possible that a sharpie dot 
on the center of the club face would unduly influence the movement no. of the golf ball. Full-blown Sharpie Doodle would unduly influence the movement. I don't think so, but it's got to be a certain size. Yeah, okay. For for an indicator, but but yet outside of the the, the impact area, you know, the center of the club for for good players. That, that's see, that's always part of the discussion now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, where's the impact area? Well, on my club, <laughs> I hit it in the center. In other people's clubs, they might be hitting it way up high on the toe. Yeah. Or, or maybe even they're on that other part of the club that holds the shaft. So we'll see about that. Yeah. But you're allowed to do that. So you could put like oh, okay. arrows and flowers and all kinds of things. You know, you draw pictures of pigs and stuff on okay. on your club. You could do anything you wanted. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know for next time then, because yeah. It, so he's allowed to do that. Okay. I still well, hey, I still want to petition to get rid of this uh this this lost ball rule. However. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. If you got to be the grand poobah uh, of the USGA. And you could wave your magic wand. Which one of those rules are you getting rid of? It's the lost ball rule, because I have said over and over again, man, four bucks is enough of a penalty. You shouldn't have to take a stroke too. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, that's just too punitive as far as I'm concerned. What would you, what would you have them do? Just drop it in an area that you think you lost it? Yeah. I yeah. think I lost mine in the hole, John. Well, no, come on. If, if you know what I'm talking about, if it was in the hole, you'd say it. You don't lose a ball in a hole. You don't, sometimes the, the thing that's really frustrating is when you lose a ball in the middle of the fairway. Yeah, that's really frustrating. You see you it know, hit. Like it's really wet out. You know it's there, but you can't you find it. In it. There. You can't yeah, find it. That's, see, that's, that's really true. hard. It is hard. It's hard to say that that's the first rule I would get rid of, but I tell you what, I have not, I cannot disagree with you on that. Mm -hmm. Because when you hit a ball in the fairway and everybody sees it, but because the fairway is wet and it embeds in it and mm -hmm. you cannot find it, mm -hmm. that is not your fault. You struck a good shot and mm -hmm. I don't think that you should be penalized for that one. So if I had to, to say something, it would be, what rule would I get rid of? I think I'd get rid of the one that if you've hit a golf ball into your fairway or any closely mown area through the green mm -hmm. and use the embedded ball rule all the time where you get to drop one, left clean and place it and all that stuff, right. even if you couldn't find it, if you find the hole or you everybody saw it, right. you're like, okay, there it is. You say it's got to um, be here somewhere, but I just can't see it, and we don't have any yeah. more time because there's guys pressing behind us. We need to move on. Yeah, right. Just drop just one. Just drop one and say, this is where it is. And, and if the players all agree that's where the dang thing was, then yeah. that's where the dang thing was. Yeah. They do that thought for if you hit it into a hazard. Yeah. You know, we all saw it go in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So where do I drop it? Well, we all saw it go right here. So they let you do that, but if if you can't find the dang thing and it's outside the hazard, they don't let you. I don't you understand know. it, and I don't understand why when lose a ball on a hazard or hit one into the hazard, it's basically lost. You get to drop, right? Take a stroke and yeah. drop. If right. you lose a ball and you don't know where, it's stroke and distance, now, right? if you don't know where. So I think there's the difference between if you don't know where, if you did know where. Well, you don't you know where, where, but you can't find it. Yeah, I know. But that's what I think the, the the problem is. If you did know where, but you just can't find it right there, but everybody agreed on, yeah, that man, that's where it was. Yeah. Then drop one. Drop one. Exactly. With one stroke penalty and be done. Exactly. But if you don't know where, like, man, I just hit one and I have no idea where that thing just went. Yeah. And nobody else does either. Yeah. That's where I have a problem with the let's go throw it into this area because I think. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's it what they are doing with the same thing with hazards. You know, it should have been. This is where it should have been. Come on, we yeah. can use the should have been rule, can we? <laughs> How about the one where the ball's in a divot in the fairway? You know, the guy that took a big chunk out of the fairway and didn't replace it or uh. didn't sand it or didn't something. I really have a hard time with hitting a good drive in the fairway 
and then having a, a worse lie than the guy who hit it 20 yards sideways. That's the one I would get rid of. They would make you hit it off a sprinkler head if you happen to land in one of those, right? You get they, relief they from that. They don't want you. That's it. They don't want you messing up the golf course. Well, there you go. I yeah. think I think we should consider divots to be just like sprinkler heads. Put that in your rule book, USGA, and live with it. We are those weekend golf guys, and we got plenty more problems in the world to solve. We will be right back. Don't you move. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on water and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-616-4030. That's 1-800-616-4030. Again, 1-800-616-4030. Call now. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 of pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-554-4183 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-554-4183 to take your call now. Call 800-554-4183. That's 800-554-4183. Again, 800-554-4183. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything will be taken care of. We can never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because Because of of you. you. There is St. Jude. And welcome back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the uh, the, the golf cave at Otter Creek, playing in Simple Golf School in Columbus, Indiana. And on the line with us, direct from the uh, oh-so-comfortable, meteorologically speaking, and, and otherwise Vancouver, British Columbia, Alan Bonk, the world's foremost expert, in my own humble yet nevertheless expert opinion, 
on business golf. Alan, welcome to those weekend golf guys. How you doing, man? Hey, John. Thanks. I appreciate being here. The book that has been in the works, the book that we have all been anticipating is just mere weeks away. Zero to trust in 18 holes, man. It's done, it's finished, and it's coming out. I am so happy to hear that because, uh, you know, just in our conversations together, we've been given little snippets, and I can't wait to hear it all in a, in a coherent, cohesive unit. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited, too. Uh, the book, uh, as you know, has been a labor of love for, uh, for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, life goes, and uh, you don't always get uh, after the things that, uh, that you should be getting after, and this book has been... Uh, on my uh, on my heart to get out for uh, for a long time, and finally it's it's here. So very very excited to uh, to get it out there and uh, get some feedback and see what people think of it. That'll be great, man. Looking forward to it. I I, I want I want a preview copy. You know, you get my name at the top of the list, right? You got the address. We can talk. You got it. All righty then. <laughs> now you know we we talk all the time about you know amateurs getting into golf. And, and it being a, a game for life. And one of the aspects of golf, and we have been touting this over and over and over again, is its ability to help you exceed in your or and succeed in your business life. And that, that is also the, the crux of the book that you have coming out because business golf has been what, what you've been so uh, immersed in for so long. So why don't you give us some of the more salient points. If, if I'm a golfer... And I'm a sales sales rep for a company. What would be the smartest thing for me to do vis-a-vis golf and, and my business? Well, I mean, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, if, if you're acquainted with the game uh, in any way, shape, or form, <clears throat> then, then golf is a great tool. If you're not acquainted with the game, then what I suggest is you get acquainted with it first. So, you know, go to the driving range, hit some balls, uh, kind of get accustomed to, you know, what that's all about, uh, learn a little bit about uh you know, the etiquette and behaviors on the golf course itself. You know, business golf isn't about playing. It's about building the relationships. So it doesn't matter if you're a seasoned golfer or if you're absolutely brand new this week. You can go out and have a great time with uh, prospective clients. And uh, it really doesn't matter um, how well you hit the ball or how well you don't hit the ball. It's not about the score. It's about, you know, just building that relationship and uh, and really developing uh, the connection between the two people. The, the game is the platform. It's not the end result. It's just the platform that you use to build these relationships. And the reason is, is because, you know, in a, in a four or five hour round, depending on where you are uh, and what kind of course you're playing, um, you really get to know somebody. And that benefit of being out there, you know, away from the boardrooms, away from the office, uh, even away from restaurants, um, because in those environments, and if you think about it, you always have a barrier between you. So you and your prospective client um, or them trying to uh, build a relationship with you as a possible client uh, of theirs, you always got this barrier called a desk between mm-hmm. you or in a restaurant, it's called a table. Well, on the golf course, that's all gone. That's all removed. You're on totally neutral ground. Uh, you would be in a golf cart. You'll be sitting next to each other. You're enjoying the beautiful scenery and the environment, and and you've got lots to talk about besides business. And that's what the key is in business golf, is it enables you uh, to talk about all kinds of things besides business. And what I I talk about in my book, uh, John, is I recommend that when you're out there building that relationship and doing business golf, bringing up business is about the last thing that I recommend you do, unless they bring it up. But 
the purpose is, again, just to go up there, enjoy the time, get to know each other, and it's magic what happens after even one round of business golf uh, where it would take you 20 or 30, you know, business lunches to get the same effect. Right. Is is I know one of the things that probably would put a little people put people off a little bit would be the the initial contact. Is there a wrong way to contact somebody that you don't know and don't do business with and invite them out to play golf? Somebody that you don't know? Yeah. Some you know someone that that you're not totally conversant with. I mean, a lot of a lot of times you're looking to make a build a relationship with someone you don't do business with. Uh, you know, you may have talked yeah, to them a few yeah. times, but they're not they're not a client, they're not a friend. In that case, I would find out a bit uh, about the company as much as I could, whether it's a small, medium, or large company. Um, find out if there's a gatekeeper, in other words, an executive assistant, uh, maybe in play uh, that will screen calls and things like that. And you'll want to definitely, um, you know, befriend that person and be really nice to them and say, hey, you know, I'm just calling. Here's why I'm calling. Um, I've got this business, and I think your company is a perfect fit for what we're doing. And I'd really like to get some face time with, uh, you know, with Joe. Um, I know he's a busy guy. Uh, do you know that, you know, does he um, put any priority on golf in his weekly schedule? And, you know, that executive assistant, he or she will tell you that. Right. If you don't have an executive assistant in, in, you know, in that uh, role, then you need to, you know, figure out another way to get to that person. But basically, you know, that's the conversation. It's just, hey, I'm Alan. I'm with XYZ Company. And I would uh, really love to uh, get to know you because I think our companies can do some really cool things together. And uh, one of the ways that I like to do that is, by playing a round of golf together. So is that something that would interest you? And if so, you know, what's your schedule like over the next couple of weeks? Cool. So very, very low key. Yeah. Low pressure. Don't worry about it type of deal. And even if they say, no, I don't play golf. At least you now have an entree, you know, you've, you've, you've impressed the, the guy by inviting him anyhow. Uh, real quick, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is is getting your business involved in scrambles, and they're they're everywhere. Is that uh, a, a good technique for a business to use to to make its name in the community? Yeah, it's a great technique, provided you use some you know very distinct strategies that um, will get you some results. In other words, um, you know you go out there to these tournaments and you'll see whole sponsors and. The, uh, you know, you'll see a, a flag by the T-Box or something that's wholly sponsored by PNC Bank or whatever the thing is. The, the problem with that is, is there's no return on investment, at least not measurable. Right. So you're basically wasting money if you're just going to go in and sponsor a tournament. What you want to do is get a strategy in place where there's a call to action. So, you know, show up at the hole, have a table there, and uh, have a way to capture people's um, information. So it could be a draw. You know, if you're a roofer or if you're a plumber, it could be, you know, a free uh, assessment, a, a roof evaluation, and uh, determine if you need a new roof kind of thing, or, um, you know, come up with a, a plan that actually gets people to say, yeah, I would like to have that happen, or I'd like to get that done, or, or whatever, and they put their, uh, they enter, you know, the draw, the contest, um, and uh, that way you capture information, now you can market to those people, right? right? Now you you don't have a relationship with them yet, but at least they know who you are because they met you at the at the tournament. Right? And there is there so is that, that automatic affinity because they met you at the tournament. So they know they right. have something in common with you. 
to begin with. Yeah, and they'll have fond memories, you know, typically of the event and, and go, oh, yeah, I remember you being there. I remember filling that out. And, and it gives you, a, you know, a, a launching pad for starting conversations and, and uh, getting your product or service in front of them. But, but uh, yeah, don't go into those things just uh, putting up a flag and expecting any results. Definitely. Um, I'm going to put Alan on the spot because uh, he's going to become a semi-regular contributor to those weekend golf guys because using golf in business is a big thing. And, you know, about a year ago, he said, yeah, he would. We haven't talked to him since, but now, hey, we're taking you up on that, man. Uh, zero to trust in 18 holes. Uh, shameless self-promotion. Is there any way people can, like, get on a list to be told exactly when it's out? Um, I think if they reached out to you, to your station for now, uh, we're just setting up the whole back-end system for okay. uh, receiving emails and stuff uh, for our, our ongoing program called Business Golf Bootcamp, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, John, we will. Uh, on upcoming, uh, upcoming shows. So, um, But if they reach out to you for now, that would be great, and uh, we'll have that all in place. That'll be fantastic. Alan Bonk, the uh, author of the forthcoming Zero to Trust in 18 Holes, and he's also, he let the cat out of the bag. I wasn't going to mention it, but the Business Golf Boot Camp. Uh, big, exciting stuff coming along in the world of business golf. And uh, Alan at the forefront of it all. And we're going to be, uh, be behind him, beside him, in front of him, next to him, wherever we can be. Because uh, the guy's doing great things with business golf. Alan, thanks for your time today with those weekend golf guys, man. And we will be in touch on a regular basis. Have yourself a wonderful time. And you. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, John. Thank you, Alan. All right, that is it for us this week. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys at thoseweekendgolfguys.com or at facebook.com slash golfguys or on Twitter at WKND Golf Guys. And again, you want to get on a list, be uh, uh, alerted to when Alan's book is available. You can get through to us at any of those locations. You just leave us a little note saying, hey, tell me, tell me. We will be back right here next week, same time. Uh, check us out, local show tomorrow. Uh, you can catch us uh, out of the area on thoseweekendgolfguys.com at noon Eastern time. Go play some golf. Have a wonderful weekend. See you. Happy Father's Day tomorrow, every father. Goodbye. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Because of you, there is St. Jude. Hey, Jeff, I was watching the Golf Channel, believe it or not, the other day, and they did this thing on drivers, and they were showing where on the face of a driver you get the best reaction. And they said that, you know, you hit it below the equator, you're going to lose like 10 to 20 yards. If you hit it on the heel, you're going to lose space. The best place to hit it is in the uh, upper quadrant by the toe. Yeah, most of the drivers today are kind of built that way where I think what they did is they may have figured out where most of the people have been hitting it anyway, and they kind of put the hot spot over, you know, where it's like a little above the center of the club and a little bit toward the toe, you know, thinking that they could get people to hit it a little bit farther. But you know what? There's so many people out there that can't hit it there, regardless of the one little spot they put it. There's people who can't hit it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you're struggling. I was going to say, that's the whole thought yeah. between what Dean, Dean Knuth did with the high heat driver, is make the whole face yeah, a sweet that. spot. Yeah. He knew that the average amateur golfer, he can't pick out what spot on the club he's going to hit it. He had to make it so the whole thing was hot. Yeah. So no matter, you know, he designed it. When he was telling us about how he designed that thing, I was completely amazed. He taught me something that I did not know. The center of gravity on his club is actually below the center line. 
and it's the only club that's ever been on the market, but the lower the center of gravity of the club is actually below it. He moved it around so that that every place was a hot spot on the face. So I mean, what a perfect driver built for the average guy because the average guy can't pinpoint where the heck he's going to hit the ball on the face. You know exactly. You will make fewer mis- fewer mistakes, fewer bad shots. Knuth Golf. K-N-U-T-H golf.com. They're going to uh, ask you if you want to buy one where you heard about it. Tell them you heard about it from those weekend golf guys, and the whole club will cost you $70 less. All right, you're going to get a $70 discount because you are our listeners. Knuth Golf, K-N-U-T-H golf.com. It's a high-heat driver. The entire face is a sweet spot. You need one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.